in the opening game of this year's tournament. Of course, Oklahoma making their first trip back to Omaha since 2010 on the strength of a fantastic postseason run that saw them blow through the Gainesville Regional upset host Florida, blow through the Blacksburg Super Regional upset host Virginia Tech. And here they are on the precipice of locking down a series opening victory over what was a white-hot Aggies team. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson here with you. Thank you for spending your Friday with us here on The Rush across the Ref Sports Radio Network. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439 if you want to chime in. And Travis, it got hairy there for a minute in that seventh inning. And again... You would have liked not to have used Trevin Michael in this contest, but since coming on, he's been fantastic. He's only thrown 40 pitches, which is, again, more than he probably would have liked, but acceptable. There's a chance he can come back on Sunday if need be. But as he gets a strikeout swinging to record the second out of the ninth, the Sooners are now one out away from opening up the 2022 College World Series with a win. Right, and and you had said... You know, we ran into what was a white-hot A&M team. They put up eight runs in this game. Yes, they you did. Know, it's it's Eight runs will win you a baseball game argue, more often Yeah, the argument can be made that, you know, a lot of these games that we're going to see over, you know, the, the coming days, eight runs will get you a win. But when you're swinging the bats like Oklahoma's swinging the bats right now, you, you, you can't count on that. You can't count on eight runs being. So they may be white-hot, but... I don't know. I don't know what. I'd have to get. Uh, maybe Doc can come back on uh, and tell us what's hotter than white hot. But, uh, but yeah, that's what Oklahoma has been. We, I, I am interested going forward with how we deal with Sandlin um, and where the confidence lies in that. Not only in Skip Johnson, but in himself. I mean, pitching is between the ears, man. You, if you start to lose that confidence, who knows? So I'm interested to see how that. Um, how that uh, is going forward, but I'm also interested to see who we're going to put in the lineup to replace Squires, who obviously um, has a broken hand now. You don't think he's going to come back. So, got a broken hand. I thought Kendall Pettis was going to have a broken rib or something as he took a 98-mile-an-hour fastball to the ribs. But, um, anyways, what what do you think in, uh, after after this game? What, what, what intrigues you? Yeah, so obviously 13 runs will give your offense a lot of confidence heading into Sunday and whoever your opponent may be. Just to catch you all up, for those of you uh, that have fallen behind the curve a little bit with regard to this ball game, Oklahoma led 8-0 to after two innings, three RBIs from Blake Robertson, and a big three-run homer from Jimmy Crooks highlighting that early surge. Texas A&M fought back, put up four runs, on Sooner starter Jake Bennett in his six innings of work. The Sooners got a grand slam from Jackson Nicholas in the fourth inning to stretch the lead to 12-3. to And things have held mostly stagnant offensively for the Sooners since then. John Spikerman added an RBI hustle double in the top of the ninth inning to tack on an insurance run. Texas A&M made things very, very interesting in the seventh inning. Sooner starter David Sandlin came on in relief to start the seventh, was promptly tagged for four runs before Trevin Michael came on to slam the door. And that he did. It is now official. We are final in Omaha. 
Oklahoma prevails over Texas A&M 13-8. Michael induces a flyout to left for the final out of the game. And there you go. The Sooners are 1-0 in the 2022 College World Series. Just like we drew it up. Uh, not Probably not exactly how you drew it up. But 1-0, you'll take that any day hey, of the week. My drawing was just a 1, a dash, and a 0. Hey, you know what? That's how I drew it up. Keep it simple, stupid. You're going to get that win. Obviously, the stat earlier, um, 36 out of 40 champions so far have won game one. So not to say that you know Oklahoma's a shoe-in to win the title, but it certainly doesn't doesn't you know hurt our chances to go out and get that first win, get in the winner's bracket early. So um, we'll see what happens between Notre Dame and Texas tonight. Who do you like in that one? Well, I think it's, it's interesting because – Notre Dame is red hot, right? That is a team that is playing excellent baseball, obviously fresh off a victory over Tennessee in the Knoxville Super Regional. And that Tennessee team, a week and a half ago, everybody was handing the national title to that program. They went, what was it, 55-7 and in the regular season? Some were calling them the greatest college baseball team ever assembled. Notre Dame, completely undeterred, goes to Knoxville, and knocks off the Volunteers in three games to get here. I kind of favor Notre Dame just because of the tear they're on, but some part of me would love to see OU Texas on Sunday for a chance to advance to the semifinals. Now, looking ahead for Oklahoma, we can find bones to pick all day long. It was not a perfect performance for the Sooners today by any means. Jake Bennett was not particularly sharp, though he did give the Sooners six innings. You are really concerned with what you got, or rather didn't get, out of David Sandlin. And Peyton Graham didn't have quite the offensive impact that you would have liked. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. And you put 13 runs on the board, Travis. So if there is a cloud, there is arguably more silver lining than there is cloud. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, you come out, and if if you were to just ask Skip Johnson, Hey, you, would, would you take this final score? He just said, sure. You don't need to, I mean, obviously you don't want to lose Squires to the injury. You don't want to, you know, throw Sandlin and it not go well. And then you. I don't think you want to bring in Trevin that early. But we discussed earlier, you're going to have your closers come in a little bit earlier, and you're going to hopefully have your starters go a bit later. And hopefully we see that uh, – Hopefully we see that on Sunday evening, which we'll now be playing Sunday evening. You hope Kate Horton can go deep, and then you hope Trevin can come in and close the door. Yeah, this really puts a lot on the shoulders of Kate Horton. And I don't want to make it seem like they're riding or dying with Kate Horton on Sunday because Chaz Martinez was unused today out of the bullpen, so he'll be a full go on Sunday if you need him. Michael, I, I want to say he threw 44 pitches yeah. over his two and the third innings of work. So he may be able to come back Sunday. You're not going to rush him back if you don't have to use him. But if you can get Horton and Martinez to carry you to the finish line against whoever you get between Texas and Notre Dame, that sets you up well in terms of what you have at your disposal across the staff. Whether you win or lose on Sunday, you'd obviously like to get a win, start off 2-0, and and get that extra day of rest, be able to come back on Wednesday and potentially roll with Bennett once again. But the first win is usually the most pivotal in Omaha. That sets the tone, and you cited this statistic, Travis. 36 out of the last 40 champions 
have won their first game. So the fact that the Sooners are 1-0 is really all that matters at this point at 5 p.m. on a Friday afternoon. They've only played, hey, only been one game played in Omaha right now, and it's been won by the Crimson and Cream. So not the maroon and white. They, I do I do wish, uh, you know, I know each team has their own uniform combo they wear throughout, but I need to see some some red on gray, some some white on red, some all that kind of stuff. What do you, you think they, uh, I, I'm not sure, I'd have to check with old Sooner Tracker, but you think we wear the reds on Sunday? I don't know, man. I guess it depends on what the opponent's rolling with. Yeah, just not the best. No, Notre Dame I'm not a best guy. Well, if Notre Dame wins, they're probably doing the navy blues, right? You would and think so, I, they'll probably be, uh, yeah, they'll probably be in blues today and then greens next, don't you think? <laughs> the greens, man. Those greens. Such an interest, such a polarizing look. And I love, Dame. I love their blue uniforms. As do I. With the gold sleeve, you know, the gold sleeve design and everything. But man, those green ones. Yikes. Not, not a good look for my money. Now for the Sooners, again, big performances today from Jackson Nicholas, who hit the grand slam. Jimmy Crooks, who had a three run homer. Blake Robertson had three RBIs, and John Spikerman was killer out of the leadoff spot. Now, uh, it, it, it appears we, we got Sooner fans we got starting Sooner, to roll we, in. We got with Sooner this, fans in the house. With this game final, it appears that at least a certain contingent of Sooner Nation has taken us up on the invitation to head to the session room. It's literally a block away from the stadium. Make your way westward. We are here, going to be here till 6 p.m., Come hang out, grab a ref t-shirt, give us your thoughts on this game. Like it, hate it, just okay with it. Again, not a perfect game for Oklahoma by any stretch of the imagination, but a win is a win is a win, and especially in Omaha, it's just about winning baseball games. Five wins, in some cases six, will get you a championship. So that's what the Sooners are counting on. Count on stringing together four more. And the th- I think the thing that's most encouraging, Travis, is that you won a game despite not having your best from your ace. So how much leeway does that give you if Jake Bennett comes back, say, Tuesday, Wednesday, or maybe even later in the week, and he does give you his best? Right. I mean, you look at it, again, like we, like we were talking about with Patty Gasso's squad. It's your pitching, you know, you're, if your pitching's there – fine that the, you know the bats they can be hot they can be okay if they're average you're going to be in good shape but having that ability to stretch that scoreboard into the double digits just relieves so much of that stress from your pitching staff they can go out there and and and, and throw a little bit more free if they don't have the best outing fine he's still going to have a w next to his name you know, he gets out of there, he can regroup and without, you know, costing the team dearly, which in the future, it may cost the team dearly, but, you know, that's just a luxury of having the bats that we do. Sooner fans are starting to trickle into the session room as game one of the College World Series is now final. Oklahoma 13, Texas A&M 8. Hey, if you're in Omaha, come on down. One block west of the stadium. We're here at the session room. Great selection of drinks. Great food, burgers, brats, whatever suits you. Come on along. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, live from Omaha. We're going to hit a quick break, and we will be right back as Hour 4 of The Rush rolls on. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network.
This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Ah, yeah. Play all the victory jams. All of them. Because the Sooners are victorious here in Omaha. 13-8 over Texas A&M in Game 1 of the 2022 Men's College World Series. In their first trip to Omaha since 2010, Sooners open with what was a very impressive offensive performance in particular. Three-run home run by Jimmy Crooks, grand slam by Jackson Nicholas. Some really clutch plays both at the plate and in the field by everybody, Travis. And that's the thing that I think is most impressive about this Sooner team is they don't have a giant killer. Right? It's not as if Peyton Graham is inflicting all the damage every single time this team hits the field. It's always somebody different. Last Sunday in Game 3 of the Super Regional, it was Tanner Treadaway. It was Kendall Pettis. Today, it's Jackson Nicholas. It's Blake Robertson. It's Jimmy Crooks. You go back to the Florida Regional. Peyton Graham had his moment in that one. So, 1-9 to nine in this lineup. And we've talked about it, man. There are so many ways they can beat you and so many different ways that they can put runs on the board, too, whether it's playing small ball or whether it's swinging for the fences. Yeah, and and I think any great team, which any team that is an eventual champion is considered a great team, you have to have it come from all over. We've seen this over and over, and it's across all sports. You know, it doesn't matter if you have that one person in the lineup. That one person in the lineup could bat 800, and it would not matter if the rest of the lineup's not pulling their weight. But it's just such a stressor on the opposing pitching staff to not know who's, who's going to take one deep, to not know who's going to, you know, hit one down the line, to not know who's going to run bases differently, to not know who's going to steal on you. I mean, we've got multiple people on this team who can steal bases and steal bases well. I mean, not not just Peyton Graham, uh, who obviously is, is is a great base runner in his own right and steals a lot of bases, but they're aggressive on the base pass. They can swing for the fences, even in what I've been you know what I've been telling people is a pitcher's park, but it wasn't a pitcher's park today for some reason. But. Well, and consider this as well. On that very note, the Sooners faced perhaps the best defensive catcher that they will see all tournament today in Texas A&M's Troy Clunch. They were 0 for 2 on stolen base attempts. So small ball was out of the picture. They could not win the game today by owning the base paths. So instead, have what a, do they do? Unleash a couple of bombs. Yep, got to have other put, ways to win. Exactly. And, again, that speaks to how resilient this team is. They could not have won that game today without those couple of big flies from Jimmy Crooks. Yep. And Jacqueline Nicholas, or Jackson Nicholas, the two big swings. There are games that Oklahoma has won and can win without a big swing like that, but it wasn't going to be that type of day today. We'll, we'll, we'll win a game later, probably in this College World Series, that isn't a game where it's just us teeing off, where it's stolen bases, small ball, uh, you know, things like that. The, the ability to win in different ways absolutely uh, sets you apart from from most of the field. But this is an extremely talented field. So, you know, we are 1-0, whether it's the only game that's been played. So we're the winningest team in Omaha right now. <laughs> um, so we can rub that into whatever fan base you need to on Twitter for the next, you know, few hours. But, um, yeah, just just impressed. But when you look at things like that, there's tons of room for improvement, right? 0 for 2 on stolen bases. 
you know, Sandlin gets gets shook up pretty good. Even, I mean, all of our pitchers really, I mean, outside obviously we brought Trevin in early. I mean, a lot of room for improvement. And I don't know. I, I think obviously you're going to take that win, but you take it and say, okay, if we if we improve in those areas and swing like that, I mean, who's beating us yeah. if we play like that? Got to get distance from Kate Horton on Sunday, though. I think that's pivotal. Um, if Texas and or Notre Dame happens to chase Horton from the game early and they can get to the bullpen, that's where Oklahoma gets behind the eight ball a little bit because it's not a particularly deep bullpen. And with Trevin Michael presumably spent for Sunday, there's a chance you can bring him back, but you probably don't want to stretch it. If you're down Trevin Michael on Sunday, then you're obviously down your best reliever and the guy that's been your stopper all year. So that will be the key for either Texas A&M or Notre Dame, whoever wins the nightcap tonight and advances to face OU on Sunday. Get to Cade Horton early. That is going to be the secret sauce. Do you think we see Trevin on Sunday? No, I, I don't think so. To me, I think that's probably the type of deal where Skip Johnson is going to do his best to avoid using Trevin. Mike. Hey, you know what? Maybe... Maybe you see him you for K- an inning. Maybe you All see right. him for you an can, inning you show me the on Sunday. But it's hard to imagine getting distance out of him on one day's rest coming off an outing in which he threw 44 pitches. And we've seen Trevin Michael get distance before. We've seen it. He went six innings against Florida in the regional. But I wouldn't count on him pitching a great deal on Sunday. I think you're looking at Cade Horton. I think you're looking at Chaz Martinez. And the hope is, I would say, that those two can carry you to the finish line. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson here with you on The Rush. Final hour of the show, wrapping things up from Omaha, Nebraska, where the Sooners race out to an 8-0 lead after two innings and emerge with a 13-8 victory over Texas A&M. Now, the important thing in the aftermath of this game is that we know we are going to be here until at least Tuesday. So, I will be live for Steely and Thune at noon, Monday and Tuesday, location TBD somewhere in Omaha. What we know is that OU is going to be playing into next week, double elimination tournament, so win or lose Sunday, the Sooners will come back and play again and live to fight another day, whether that is Tuesday or Wednesday. They win Sunday, they get that extra day of rest, don't have to come back until Wednesday. But again, a lot is riding on the shoulders of Cade Horton, who will get the ball from Skip Johnson to start the game on the hill on Sunday. We await the Sooners' opponents tonight in the nightcap. It'll be Texas and Notre Dame. Texas... They had to fight tooth and nail to get to the College World Series in the first place. East Carolina had them on the ropes in the Greenville Super Regional. Very resilient Texas team rallied from a 7-2 late-inning deficit in Game 2 there, completely turned the tide, and then they emerged victorious over the Pirates in Game 3 to stamp their ticket. Now for Notre Dame, they had the sexier journey in most people's minds because they managed to knock off the number one overall team in college baseball, the team that a lot of folks expected was going to take home the title in Tennessee. They had been number one virtually all season, had single-digit losses over the course of the regular season, were virtually untouchable both on the hill and in that lineup as far as the bats are concerned. 
but Notre Dame found a way. Went to Knoxville, took the regional, or t- uh, took the super regional, excuse me, in three games. And here they are. So that is the contest tonight. That is what we'll get. Texas versus Notre Dame for the right to advance the winner's bracket on Sunday and face the Oklahoma Sooners, who prevail today 13-8. to We're going to hit a quick break here on the rush here at the bottom of the hour. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson live from Omaha. We're going to come back, continue to break down this Sooner victory from every angle and look forward to the rest of the action at the College World Series, the greatest show on dirt here in Omaha, Nebraska. Stay with us. It's the Ref Sports Radio Network. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. It's a celebration in Omaha here on The Rush. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson here with you. Live from downtown in the shadow of Charles Schwab Field at the 2022 College World Series. Oklahoma opens the tournament with a 13-8 victory over Texas A&M. Got Harry there for a bit. But the Sooners managed to pull through. Trevin Michael pitches the last two and a third innings for Oklahoma. And on a day when Skip Johnson probably didn't anticipate having to use his prized closer, he went to him anyway, and Michael slammed the door, securing the victory for Oklahoma. This team is hot right now, Travis Davidson. This team is hot. Winners of 10 of 12 seems like every time they've had their back up against the wall, they have delivered in some form or fashion. They were six outs away from going home in the Gainesville Regional. Get a big swing, a two-run homer from Peyton Graham to even the score. Go on to win 5-4 to four there. Have to go to Blacksburg, get punched in the mouth in Game 2 in a blowout loss. And come back in Game 3, pour it on, win that game 10-2. to here they are, man, and we heard earlier in the day, right here on KREF, Taylor Maples, who is doing the color commentary for Toby Rowland's calls of OU Baseball from the College World Series. He interviewed D1 Baseball's Kendall Rogers, who is, uh, who can I liken him to? He is the Woj of D1 Baseball. Yeah, definitely. And uh, well, here's the thing, though. Woj has competition. He got Woj and Shams at the top of the profession. There's nobody that's on Kendall Rogers' level. He is the most respected insider and reporter across the college baseball landscape. And Kendall Rogers said it, man. He said, look, I got a feeling about this Oklahoma team. I just got a feeling. And lo and behold, that feeling was validated today. Oklahoma comes out, hangs eight runs on the board. By the time the A&M Aggies have a chance to record six outs, they led eight to three after two innings. And they uh, wrap up a 13-8 to victory when all is said and done here in Omaha. Huge contributions from Jimmy Crooks, who had a three-run homer, Jackson Nicholas with a grand slam. John Spikerman is on such a tear, doing all the little things just right from the leadoff spot for Oklahoma. And, man, you got to feel good about where this team is headed, regardless of whether Texas or Notre Dame emerges tonight out of the winner or rather to stay in the winner's bracket and face the Sooners on Sunday it's pretty clear that with the way this team is swinging the bat if the pitching comes along and the arms weren't their best today but if the pitching comes along this team is capable of going real deep in this tournament 
Now, you look at the other half of the bracket, you got Stanford, you got Ole Miss, you got Auburn, and you got Arkansas. Now, all of those programs, save for Stanford, are looking for their first national title. Only three of the eight programs that are here in Omaha have won a national title to this point. Stanford has one. Texas has one. Oklahoma has one. Actually, the Sooners have two, 1951 and 1994, which was the last time that they won multiple games in the College World Series. They will look to do that on Sunday evening. First pitch, circa 6 o'clock p.m. local time against the winner of that Texas-Notre Dame nightcap tonight. Live on the ref from the session room, Omaha, Nebraska, 14th and coming. Travis, you've been busy the last couple minutes handing out T-shirts. Man, I I tell you what, you see somebody with a smile walk through the door, and and, and odds are they they are an OU fan right now. So we have been bombarded. we we got a lot of people downloading the app, which means a lot of T-shirts being given away. I have been flying through this box. So uh, if you are in the area, make sure and stop on by. It is it is definitely turning to a crimson party here at the session room. Uh, just a block away, just a block west of the stadium. Uh, come on out, get some air conditioning, get a cold beverage uh, to cool you off. And, uh, yeah, let's celebrate. Now, I hate to turn the hose on the campfire here, Travis, but I do want to dig into this because it warrants some discussion about what the future looks like. I want to talk about the one scar, if you will, on the Sooners' victory today. And that was David Sandlin's performance. Right. Skip Johnson chooses to roll with his number two starter out of the bullpen to start the seventh inning. Sandlin only gets one out, is tagged for four earned runs. Texas A&M ended up cutting an eight-run deficit in half. And you had to go with Trevin Michael, who actually got the final eight outs. I'm, I'm sorry, I previously stated he got seven. But Trevin Michael got the final eight outs for Oklahoma you didn't have to use Trevin Michael today if you'd gotten a half-decent performance out of David Sandlin. And I understand that sometimes you just don't have it as a pitcher. But what kind of ramifications do you think this has for not only Skip Johnson's confidence in David Sandlin and his willingness to throw him out there on the hill in a high-leverage situation, but David Sandlin's own confidence in himself? Yeah, and we've discussed this. It's pitching, you know, a lot of athletes. You talk about the six inches between your ears. It's the most important part. Man, pitching is is that's vital, absolutely vital. Having that confidence going up, you know, to the mound. I don't know. I am kind of surprised they went with Sandlin as early as they did, as opposed to maybe throwing Chaz uh, in there and saving Sandlin. I'm wondering if that was to find out if he could go to Sandlin later and maybe just to see what he had in a low-pressure situation. So I, I'm wondering if Skip was lacking confidence already and just needed to see it for himself. And that could be the case. And to be clear, certainly don't question the decision by Skip Johnson. No, 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 Obviously, no, no. You, you have an eight-run lead in the, in the seventh right. inning. You're, You're operating you under you the safe assumption that whatever pitcher you trot out is going to get out and that things aren't going to go haywire. Fortunately, things didn't go completely sideways for Oklahoma. But at the end of it all, it was a lot more hairy than it realistically should have been and or could have been for this Oklahoma baseball team down the stretch. Nonetheless, 13-8 the final here in Omaha. Sooners await the winner of Texas and Notre Dame. Now, 
Another guy we need to hit on and give props to, we've mentioned him throughout the show, but probably just need to focus specifically on him for a moment. Without the grand slam swing from Jackson Nicholas in the fourth inning, you have to wonder if the Sooners come out on top today, Travis. What a big moment for Jackson Nicholas. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of the old uh, butterfly effect if he doesn't hit that grand slam. Sure, sure. You a lot know, of things change. It's a tie game. You know, you, you might make different decisions um, as far as pitching goes, things like that. But I'll tell you what, man, to come in as a freshman, obviously these guys are all in their first College World Series as Sooners. But, man, to come in as a freshman and hit that bomb, it, is it is it a, a case of, you know, you hear this a lot with, with young players is, you know what, they're not intimidated because they don't know any better? You know, is it is it exactly. one of the, is it one of those situations exactly. where he's thinking, hey, base is loaded. I've seen this before. Let me uncork one. Is it is it that, or is it just you know what? I know how big the moment is, and I don't care. This is when I'm going to play my best because I th- feel like we're getting the latter from a lot of Sooners down the stretch in the postseason. Agree. And you, you look at a similar phenomenon playing out right now with John Spikerman, a true freshman who didn't even break into the lineup until mid-April. He's ascended to the leadoff spot for the Sooners, and he's been invaluable. He had outstanding at-bats today, had an infield single to keep the rally alive in the second inning, a rally that ultimately led to the three-run homer from Jimmy Crooks on the heels of a two-run single by Blake Robertson. He has a hustle double in the ninth to chase in another run and pad that lead. John Spikerman, and who would have imagined that we would have been saying this back at the beginning of April? John Spikerman is legitimately seeing the ball, hitting the ball, and overall playing the game of baseball as well as anybody on this squad right now see i i I think here here's my here's my take on that you say in april who would have guessed we were saying spikerman's name in omaha right well in omaha we had to we're gonna have to say somebody's name you know what i mean like it like it couldn't have been a situation where it was just okay the usual suspects um Usual suspects trying to get it done. We wouldn't have made it to Omaha without big contributions from those guys. I liken it to, I liken it to Key Lawrence. You know, if Key Lawrence comes up and he's putting together a big time, you know, NFL draft stock, you know, boosting performance and all that, and you say Key Lawrence was our best player, you might say. Oh well, we're talking about this in in college football playoff season, because you know the usual suspects. You're thinking of your Dylan Gabriel's, you're thinking of your Danny Stutzman's, you're thinking of your Ethan Downs and things like that. But it's always got to be that guy that maybe you didn't you didn't you know say was going to be you know the top two or three producer for you. And I think that's what that baseball team's getting. I will say, with Spikerman and Jada Coleman, do we have the best leadoff combo maybe in the Diamond Sports? I mean, it's a pretty Pretty, you know, strong argument to be made with Spikerman and Jada Coleman. All right, we'll hit our final break of the hour, come back in and wrap it up from Omaha, Nebraska. We are live at the session room. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson, this is The Rush across the Ref Sports Radio Network. Oklahoma victorious in the first game of the Men's College World Series, 13-8 over Texas A&M. Final notes, analysis, and a sayonara for the weekend. Coming up next, stay with us. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. 
Man, the party's just getting started in downtown Omaha. Chance of Boomer Sooner have broken out here in the session room on 14th and coming. The Sooners are victorious. 13-8 final over Texas A&M in the first game of the 2022 Men's College World Series. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson back to wrap up the Friday rush and back to wrap up a triumphant day of baseball for Skip Johnson and the crew. And Travis, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. I don't want to put the rat poison out there. All I'm saying is, this is, this is starting <laughs> to feel like a team of destiny. Do you get those vibes oh, too? Oh, I'm, I, I thought I thought Tyler was on vacation. Oh, <laughs> man, these, this, these jinxing. I won't I won't go full-blown team of destiny. Now, man, now, oh, no, now, I'm not saying you got to stand here and say, yep, Oklahoma's going to win the national hey, one title. Game at a time. We're going to take it one game but at a time. The vibes are good right now, man. This team is playing some really dang good baseball. No, the vibes are immaculate. There's no doubt about it. Especially, man, seeing all those smiling faces wearing those uh, OU shirts walking in here. Um, man, the session room is going to be the place to be. There's no doubt about it. Uh, speaking of places to be, um, I've just been handed something uh, by uh, our stats and info also bulletin. producer. Um, but uh, there is a pregame tailgate, the Oklahoma Haw pregame tailgate. Hey, excellent job with the pronunciation yep. there. That can be a tricky Absolutely. one. Absolutely. At the Old Mattress Factory Bar starting at 3 p.m. Sunday. Free appetizers and a cash bar. Cash bar. That means you got to buy your drinks, but the appetizers are free. The pregame tailgate, Oklahoma pregame tailgate at the Old Mattress Factory Bar starting at 3 p.m. Sunday. Looking forward to see you, seeing you there. I know Parker and I are going to be there, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure we will. Yep, I'm sure. So Now, uh, for those of you, and this may become a point of confusion, so I want to clarify up front, and I know this because I'm obviously an Omaha native, I believe the old mattress factory recently rebranded to The Mat. So if you type old mattress factory into your Google Maps, there's a good chance it'll take you right there, and you don't need to worry. Uh, if nothing pops up, just type in the mat. It's going to take you to the same place. They are one and the same. People refer to them by both names. People refer to the place by both names. So if there is any confusion there, allow me to settle it for you. The mat and the old mattress factory are the same place. If there is any confusion on that, you're going to want to call Parker. His number <laughs> is. No, oh, no it's, uh, yeah, just be at the mattress factory, the mat. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, it'll be 3 p.m. Sunday. Free appetizers and a cash bar. That's a better deal than you'll find anywhere in town. And uh, that'll be right before we play in that Sunday evening game. I'm looking forward to finding out who we're going to play, to be honest. Okay, let me ask you this, Travis, as we wrap it up here over the next few minutes on this installment of the Friday Rush. Thing you are most confident about regarding this OU baseball team and thing you are most concerned about? Thing I'm most confident about is probably Trevin Michael. <laughs> I mean, He's been dominant. It's hard not to be confident in him. Until he gives me reason not to be confident, I'm going to remain, remain confident in him. Um, uh, man, as far as thing i'm least confident about or not as confident about 
unfortunately, I, I'm going to have to say starting pitching because I'm not sure. Kate Horton's been incredible no uh, doubt. in, in big-time games. We're talking elimination games in the postseason. Um, you know, OU, OU Texas in the Big 12 Championship. He has thrown some gems. There's no doubt. But uh, he can't pitch every game. And, well, he could. He ain't going to. But it's, I don't know. That That's probably where some confidence wanes, I guess, is because what does Sandlin look like? You know, can he come back into a starting role and give you some good innings and go deep? Um, as far as my confidence in, in the starting pitching right now, I, I suppose that's probably what's waning most. What do you think? I would say to riff off of your points on Trevin Michael, I cannot stress enough and – Look, I follow the College World Series every single year. It's kind of something that you're born into when you grow up in Omaha, but you're invested in the College World Series every single year. I cannot stress enough how pivotal it is to have a relief ace, a dominant relief ace, not a closer, because closers don't exist in Omaha. You are not going to have a guy that's coming in for three outs in the ninth inning the way that most closers do in the MLB. If you want to ascend to the zenith and you want to take home the trophy at the College World Series, you're going to need to have a guy in the back end of your bullpen that can get you shut down outs at any point in the game and give you distance when necessary. I think of Coastal Carolina closer Mike Morrison in 2016 when he started Game 2 of the championship series and gave the Chanticleers six-plus innings. That led to a decisive Game 3 with Arizona, which they won and route to their first national championship in any team sport. And we've seen Trevin start. That we have. And think back to Josh Spores. Virginia rode him to the point of near exhaustion in 2015. He saw more innings over the course of that week-and-a-half span than he'd probably seen in any week-and-a-half span dating back to high school. So it's performances like those that make the difference between victory and defeat in the limelight in Omaha. So, yeah, having Trevin Michael at the top of his game right now is huge for Oklahoma, and it was awesome to see him come out and give you eight outs to close out the game today. Through 45 pitches, so, again, status for Sunday is a little bit iffy, but there is no tomorrow if you don't get through today. And that doesn't ring quite as true when you're working with the double elimination right, tournament, right, right. but you had to make you sure you got the like win today. Though. You had to win the first game by any means necessary. And the Sooners did that. Now, thing that I would say I am most confident about regarding this team is just the multitude of ways that they can beat you with the bats. And the fact that they don't rely on one single performer. And we've touched on it a couple times throughout our four hours on air here. But I think that is the mark of a championship team. When it doesn't come down to the performance of one hitter at the plate... That's when you have the makings of a team that can go deep and potentially take home a College World Series crown. So it is fantastic to see Jackson Nicholas coming up with a big swing, to see Jimmy Crooks come up with a big swing, to see Blake Robertson with a couple of timely hits. Kendall Pettis continues to be an on-base machine. I have fallen in love with John Spikerman at the top of that lineup. If they get a big swing or two out of Peyton Graham, man, that's like I I don't know how much more you can ask for out of that lineup. I, I think my biggest point of concern right now is going to be the depth in the bullpen heading into Sunday because I'm going to operate under the assumption that you don't see Michael. And so at that point, you've got Chaz Martinez and who else? 
you know, who do you really feel confident in coming out of the pen if the Longhorns or the Fighting Irish, whoever prevails tonight, happen to chase Cade Horton from the game early? If they start getting to Martinez, who's the next line of relief? To me, depth in the bullpen is just as valuable in the College World Series as having that one guy that you know you can turn to for shutdown innings because he's only going to be able to pitch so much. And it's towards the end of the series where you can start to kind of let loose and let him roll and extend him. But the Sooners got to win two more games to get to the championship series. And so that may then they may have to win those games with a little bit of a diminished contribution from Trevin Michael because of how much action he had to see by necessity tonight. You throw up double digit uh, runs, you know, you're going to be you're going to be in most games. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I mean, exactly. Well, and that, that's another thing to feel really good about, too, is you did not get your best performance from the pitching staff today, but you won the game. Com- and when comfortably, you can, really. And when you can win a game while surrendering eight runs, when you, when you know that a stellar offensive performance from the opposition isn't going to deter your hitters and isn't going to get your team demoralized, that's another mark of a championship team, man. you got to have it in you to win games like this. And the Sooners did not have it all today, but they had enough. And at the end of the day, that's what matters in Omaha. All right. That about takes us to the finish line. There's been four fantastic hours here from the session room in Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, we're going to be here at the College World Series at least until Tuesday at this point because Oklahoma has ensured that they will be playing until Tuesday and perhaps, hopefully, even later. This has been The Rush for Travis Davidson. I am Parker Thune. The Sooners play Sunday evening against the winner of Texas and Notre Dame. That will be the next CWS assignment for Skip Johnson and his Red Hot crew. That's going to be it for us. In the words of Teddy Lehman, go have a cold one. Wake up every morning with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. It's the T-Row in the morning show with Toby and TJ Perry on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.